What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Indeed it is, indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from lovely Whitehall Drive here in the beautiful city of Kinston, North Carolina. It is Monday, February the 20th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 805 of the Brian Hank Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-host, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. Why, they'll be joining me in the second hour today for the birthday game. Let me tell you something. We've got another great show for you today. We are back home in the plush, well-lit studio here on Whitehall Drive after doing the show in the best man cave in all the land at Paul Whittington Estate in Garner. Speaking of the great Paul Whittington, he will be joining us uh, for his usual Monday visit to uh, catch us up on yesterday's Daytona 500. To recap, an amazing stadium series win for the Carolina Hurricanes against the Washington Capitals on Saturday. State's huge win against Carolina yesterday, and then just a bunch of other stuff too, man. Spent the whole weekend with uh, Paul and his uh, lovely wife, Samantha, along with Hot Linda and Scott Whittington. We just had a, we had a, we had a great family weekend. It was awesome. We had a, a lot of fun uh, going to the Stadium Series game on Saturday, uh, watching Daytona, like I said, in, in the best man cave in all the land, yesterday and i just had a blast man it is a a really really good time did the show like i said from uh from uh his man cave sat or friday morning and uh it was just a lot of fun man i'm telling you paul whittington he he's just cool there's no other way to put it he's just cool we had a really really good time got me some biscuitville this morning or this morning this weekend uh got to eat a bunch if you follow me on snapchat and i know a lot of you do you got to see uh Paul just cooking it up out of the stadium series, man. Well, you know what? I'm going to save all that talk for when he comes on because, man, it was just an amazing, amazing game, an amazing time for uh, to to show Raleigh what uh, you know, just to show Raleigh and the war or show Raleigh to the world. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I know there were some uh, uh, some folks uh, that wear that that Carolina blue that were a little bit upset about how uh, ABC and uh, everything about uh, they had the NC State band out there. I guess they played the fight song three or four times, and I guess uh, Carolina fans were upset about that. But like I said, you know what? I'm going to save all that talk for uh, for Paul when he joins us uh, here in about uh, about twelve thirteen minutes or so from now. Uh, but man, just a great weekend. Really got to thank. I thanked him a couple of times yesterday when we were leaving. Had uh, I got to take my puppy dog up there. Uh, Molly really enjoyed hanging out with her cousins. Uh, <laughs> You know how doggies have cousins. I mean, she got to hang out with her doggy cousins, and we had a really good time, man. Uh, Paul is just like the greatest host in the world. So anyway, there you go. Uh, that's our first hour. We're going to spend a lot of time talking to him about all this uh, stuff that happened over the weekend. 
But uh, then to do our second hour, we've got two guests. Uh, first one will be right here, live in our plush well-lit studio. It's going to be the lovely and talented Catherine Pearson from the LCC Foundation. A bunch of stuff going on at LCC this spring, and we're going to talk to her about that and uh, just get you caught up on everything that's going on with the LCC Foundation. Uh, but that's not all. Joining us in the second hour, about 15 or mi- 15 minutes or so into the second hour, we're going to be joined by the head coach of the Kinston Vikings, Perry Tindall. His team won its 18th consecutive conference tournament on Thursday. They know where they're headed in the 2A state playoffs, although it took all day uh, <laughs> Saturday to find out. Man, this is one of the reasons why I'm glad that I do a radio show now and I'm not like Junius or uh, Trey Scott or uh, any of these people who have to do uh, prep sports anymore for a living is sitting around waiting all day for the NHSAA to put something out that should have been put out overnight, Friday night into Saturday. I just, I just don't get it, man. I mean, uh, listen, I thought we were supposed to clean up a bunch of the stuff with the NHSAA when they went through all the, the stuff they went through last year. But no, it's just as bad as ever. Uh, it's like I said, something that should be just almost automatic and put out there for prep sports reporters all across the state and for prep sports fans too. It takes until, I don't even know, seven thirty, eight o'clock. Hey, I was, uh, I was enjoying the stadium series, so I don't know. But again, it just makes you feel sorry for these prep sports reporters who have to wait all day long to find out uh, what is going on, uh, how playoffs are going to be uh, you know, settled and all that. But Perry Tindall, Kinston, they know who they're going to be playing. Spoiler, it's going to be uh, North Pitt tomorrow night uh, at Kinston High. The game's going to be at 7 o'clock. Uh, we will, uh, I will be uh, yelling out names for you. It's going to be a heck of a game. And, man, if they win that game, they could have a Green Central in the second round right there at Vikings Gymnasium for a uh, third game this season. That would be a lot of fun. That would be an absolute lot of time. Listen, we're going to catch up with Coach Tandle, uh preview that North Pitt game, and much, much more. So there you go. Paul Whittington coming up here in about 10 minutes. Catherine Pearson, Perry Tindall in our second hour. We have got a show for you. I tell you what, we're going to save Daytona 500 talk, stadium series talk, college baseball talk. Man, lots of local teams had a great weekend. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, ECU behind, I believe, four to nothing in game one on Friday. It looks like, it, oh my gosh, are we having another Bryant College uh recap or rehash from last year but no 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 uh, the pirates come back they end up uh sweeping the weekend series uh, they're now three and oh and uh just off to the races much much better they're three games better right now than they were last season at this time how about that uh listen we've got the freedom classic coming up this weekend too now this is freedom classic week here on the brian hanks show uh we're, we're trying to get what days the two coaches are going to come on costa Coppolis from navy and kazalowski uh, from our kazalowski good lord from uh air force academy and those will be tomorrow and wednesday in our second hour we just don't know which day for who yet but i can tell you this thursday we're going to have a heck of a show here uh, as we're going to have uh, our good friends bill ellis and Corey povar uh, the, uh, the, the past and the present and the future of the Kinston Lenore County sports hall of our, uh, Kinston and Lenore County parks and recreation department, really looking forward to having them never had them. I've had them both on the separate times, obviously had bill on three previous times and Corey on six previous times here on the show, but never together. That is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk freedom classic. We're going to talk parks and rec. 
and all that. That'll be Thursday in our second hour, and then Friday in our second hour, the two uh, co-directors of the Freedom Classic, Scott Austin and Josh Bass, will be joining us. I think they're bringing a guest with them, too, but we'll find out about that later on in the week. But, uh, again, Freedom Classic Week here on the Brian Hanks Show. I'm very excited about that. Uh, our first, our regular first-hour guest scheduled to appear with us all week, Paul Whittington today, Richard Clark tomorrow, Junior Smith the third on Wednesday, Shane Albee on Thursday, and then uh, – Mark Panicelli, who is feeling a lot better than he was uh, last week at this time. So uh, hopefully we're going to have him on uh, on Friday too. But Freedom Classic Week, don't forget, it's this weekend at Historic Granger Stadium. Game one between Navy and Air Force is, uh, is Friday at 6 p.m. Game two is Saturday at 2. Game three is Sunday at 1230. There are going to be flyovers each day. Lots of great things going on. Uh, lots of pomp and circumstance. And I know, I know I'm probably preaching to the crowd here uh, as I'm telling you about the Freedom Classic. But, man, just a great event and a great opportunity for us to show these uh, Navy midshipmen and Air Force Falcons uh, how much we appreciate them. Uh, as uh, Coach Kaz has said plenty of times, I mean, these are the, it's the only time you're going to see a baseball game where the players on the field are uh, going to be uh, defending you and defending our country. Uh, with the seniors definitely are uh, within a year, they're going to be out there on the front lines, uh, defending us. So it's a good chance for us to show our appreciation to them. Uh, I've often said, it's the truth. Bill Ellis will tell us this on Wednesday. If it weren't for the freedom classic, we wouldn't even have pro baseball back in Kinston, uh, which came back in 2017. So really it's again, a great opportunity, man. Tickets are very cheap. I'm going to have free tickets for you right here on the show too. Uh, you could go out and watch it. I mean, tickets, I believe are like $5 a piece or $6, something like that, man. I'm, uh, I don't know exactly what the price is, but guess what? I'm going to be giving away some here on the show, uh, later on this week. I believe I'll be doing that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So you can get your free tickets to go to the freedom classic right here on the Brian Hanks show. And again, freedom classic week here on the show. Very excited to have uh, coach Kaz, Co- coach Costacopoulos, Bill Ellis, Corey Povar, Scott Austin, Josh Bass. It's going to be a great week here on the show as we get you ready for the Freedom Classic. Uh, NBA All-Star Game was last night. (laughs) Jason Tatum from my uh, Boston Celtics scored an All-Star Game 55 points last night for uh, Team Giannis as they won 184 to 175. And I don't know if we'll get much into this when I get uh, Paul up here on the line with me. But, uh, man, I'm telling you. I love what they did last night. Last night's All-Star game was as fun as any as I've seen in a long, long time. They did the draft for the teams right before the game. It was almost like being at a playground and uh, choosing players to come on your team. And that's what uh, Giannis and uh, LeBron did last night. And it was a lot of fun. I can't. Wait. We'll talk to Richard Clark about that tomorrow. So we'll dive more into that as, uh, as the week goes along. But uh, they are still off. For All-Star Week, uh, the Pelicans and Brandon Ingram, they will be back on the court Thursday at Toronto. Reggie and the Dallas Mavericks Thursday at home versus San Antonio. So uh, no NBA updates there for you on that. Got to tell you, LCC could not have had a better weekend. How about the basketball team that was 3-21 and coming into this weekend. All they do is sweep uh, their weekend games. They've won two games this weekend. They're now 5-21. and They're getting hot. 
right here. And I don't think they can make the tournament. I don't think they can make the Region 10 tournament, but still, uh, what what a way to wrap up the season. They've now won uh, three of their last five games. Again, they won over the weekend two games. They beat Johnston Community College Saturday, 92-85, to and then they beat Southwest Virginia Sunday, 92-83. to Again, they've won three of their past five contests. Thank you to Ricky Whaley, uh, who kept me up to date with both of them. He was on the mic for both those games, and I appreciate uh, Ricky uh, letting me know about uh, the sweep of the LCC basketball team. They close out the 2022-23 season uh, this Friday at home. It's uh, sophomore night versus Guilford Tech, and then they're at Davidson-Davies Saturday. So uh, they'll close out their season. Man, wouldn't it be awesome? They only lost to Guilford Tech by six points earlier this year. Uh, If they were to win that, have a three-game winning streak, and then go into uh, one of the best teams in the nation at Davidson-Davy on Saturday. And who knows, man? You know what? You're on a three-game lo- uh, winning streak. You got nothing to lose. Who says they can't go into Davidson-Davy and beat them on Saturday? But, again, congratulations to Chris Brown and the uh, LCC Lancers for uh, a great weekend, back-to-back home wins on uh, Saturday and Sunday. But that's not all. How about the LCC baseball team on uh, this weekend? They swept a Saturday doubleheader at Fayetteville Tech. They won 4-3 to three and 17-4. to four. That was on Saturday down in Fayetteville. Then, yesterday, they won at home against Fayetteville Tech 5-3. Uh, to three. So they are now 7-2 and two overall. They are at home tomorrow versus the Methodist JVs. That game is at 2 o'clock. I'm going to do my best to get out there and uh, see the Lancers then. Uh, busy, busy, busy week for the Lancers baseball team, though. Like I said, at home tomorrow versus Methodist uh, JVs. Then they travel to Chowan University JVs for a doubleheader on Wednesday. Uh, and then this weekend, they're home uh, all weekend. Uh, they have a doubleheader on Saturday and a single game on Sunday, and that is against Gaston College. And I wish it wasn't up against the Freedom Classic because I'd love to see uh, Gaston College. I don't know if you, I've told you guys before. It's a story for another day. Maybe I'll tell you later on this week. My first radio work, well, that's not true. I did some for but I did a lot of radio work at Gaston College. The WSGE 91 point, or 90.7 WSGE in uh, Gaston College. Uh, I'll tell you about that later. We're, we're so up against the clock right now. Hey, hometown here. Hey, let's try this again. How about, uh, let's thank Lenore Community College. For almost 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and uh in innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit the website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trent to find out how you, my friend, can change your life today. And, uh, again, thank you, thank you, thank you to Richie Honeycutt, who is down at Disney right now with her granddaughter. Congratulations to Richie for that. And uh, but, congr- uh, but thank you to uh, Richie and Dr. Rusty Hunt and Catherine Pearson, who's going to be joining us here in our second hour. Uh, but all those folks for uh, being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. We truly, truly do appreciate them. So there's your LCC update. Hometown Heroes. Dontrez Styles in Carolina, they lost at number 23 NC State yesterday, 77-69. to that was her second straight loss and fourth in the past five games. Trez didn't play in it, though. 
But uh, congratulations to uh, Greg Clemens and NC State and all my state friends. They're now 21-7 and seven overall, 11-6 and six in the ACC. Trez and Carolina fall to 16-11 and 11 overall, 8-8 eight and eight in the ACC and are on the verge of uh, not making an NCAA tournament. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Kind of what happened to them last year. So we'll see what happens with them over uh, the next couple of games because they are at Notre Dame Wednesday at 9. Uh, they are uh, home versus Virginia Saturday at 6, and both of those games will be on ESPN. So I will be uh, biting my fingernails Saturday as Trez and Carolina take on Virginia Saturday at 6. And again, that game is at home uh, or in the Dean Dome, and both games will be on ESPN. Uh, Isaac Parson and Jeremy Dixon. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Spence. Spence said UNC equals NIT. I think I have to agree with you there, Spence. Uh, at this moment, for sure. I mean, f- four losses in five games. Uh, and listen, they should have lost against State. They were at State. State were three game was three game favorites, and uh, it, it went just pretty much like uh, like Vegas said it would go. Uh, but, uh, man, uh, congratulations. Like I said, to Greg Clemens, all my, uh, NC state friends, <laughs> Spence said, Owen nine versus quad one. I did not realize they had lost that many games. And I think they've got Virginia. Well, they've got Virginia left. I know on Saturday, I don't know what that means. Uh, I hope they lose again, uh, against Virginia, but, uh, we'll see. Hey, Isaac Parson and Jeremy Dixon of Winston-Salem state. They won at Wake Forest home court against Livingston college on Saturday. 65 to 56 IP came off the bench. He had four points, three rebounds, three assists, and a steal in 31 minutes. Uh, Jeremy didn't get in the game though. Uh, Rams will be in the CIAA tournament in Baltimore this week. They are the number five seed. They face 12th seeded St. Augs or St. Augustine's uh, Wednesday at 12:30 PM. Uh, cannot wait for that. We'll be keeping up with that here. And then the winner of that game will face Claflin Thursday at 8 p.m. So uh, you got to think they've got a good chance against St. Augs, and then they'll face a Claflin team that has uh, beat them twice this year. Damian Dunn and Temple, they broke a four-game losing streak Sunday, 76-53. to uh, They beat Tulsa 76-53. to Damian started the game. He finished with a team high, 24 points, including he hit four of five from three-point range. He had three rebounds, two assists, and a steal in 33 minutes. They play at Cincinnati Wednesday at 7. That game is on ESPN2. Then they're off for eight days before senior night versus UCF on Thursday, March the 2nd. Very odd that uh, right here at the end of the season you have eight days off, but, hey, that's what uh, Temple is doing. How about Rujon Walters in Greensboro College? They lost at Keith Spence University. That's right, Pfeiffer University in Meisenheimer. On a Saturday, uh, Rujan lost 92-82. to 82. It was the final regular season game of the year, and it was the final game of the season for Greensboro College. Rujan had an assist and a steal in two minutes. He went 0-2 from the free throw line, so he made the most of his two minutes. Like I said, an assist, a steal, and missed two free throws in, uh, in two minutes in that game. Now, uh, Greensboro, though, they lost the tiebreaker with Southern Virginia for the sixth and final conference tournament seed, and they're going to miss the USA South Atlantic men's basketball tournament. So that was the <laughs> final game of the year for uh, Rujan and uh, Greensboro College, who lost. I'll say it one more time for uh, Keith Spence. For the, they lost to the Pfeiffer University Falcons in Meisenheimer. I love saying Meisenheimer. Uh, Ashante Lynch and Maryland Eastern Shore, they won this weekend. Uh, they're only 6-17, and 17, but they won Saturday versus South Carolina State, 76-34. to 34. 
They broke a four-game losing streak. Now, you want to talk about production. How about this? Ashanti played nine minutes, came off the bench, played nine minutes, but nine points, two rebounds, two assists, and a steal, like I said, in nine minutes. It was, it was a very, very busy week for the Hawks of Maryland Eastern Shore this week. They are home versus North Carolina Central today at 5.30. Then Wednesday and Saturday, they do a home-and-home home with Coppin State. They play Coppin State uh, at home Wednesday at 5.30. Then they're at Coppin State Saturday at 2. Uh, Amaji Dodds. <laughs> Amaji Dodds. I can, man, I'm getting all these text messages. Guys, I'm trying to keep up with, uh, trying, to get, trying to get this stuff done here. Uh, but Greg Clemens, I got to say, uh, he said, go who's. I agree with him. Put the NIT nail in their coffin. And uh, Wolf Doll or Wolf Pack, they win. And I know Greg Clemens is a happy, happy, happy man, along with Tammy Kelly and all my NC State friends. Congratulations. You deserve that. That was a big win for y'all uh, yesterday, solidly in the ACC tournament to me. And I tell you what, Carolina's 16 and 11. I guess even if they were 500, the NIT would love to have Carolina. So they could lose the rest of their games and still, they would, if they lost their last four regular season games, and then lost in the ACC tournament first round. They'd be 16 and 16, but I guarantee you the uh, NIT would love to have Carolina in it. So they're, they're definitely going to be a postseason team, but at this moment, it looks like it's going to be NIT. Okay, hey, y'all got to quit texting me. I got to get done with these highlights so I can get to uh, Paul Whittington here. Amaji uh, Dodd, Charleston Southern. They are now 8 and 17, 4 and 10 in the Big South. They lost their sixth straight game and 10th of uh, last 11 games. They lost to Winthrop on Saturday, 76-64. Amaji missed the only shot he attempted, but somehow got two fouls in only one minute of play. They are at UNC Asheville Wednesday at 6.30, and then they're home versus the Blue Hose of Presbyterian Saturday at 4. Dory Hines and UMO. They won at Erskine Saturday, 78-70, against an 0-28 Erskine team by eight points. They improved to 10-17 overall, 8-11 in Conference Carolinas. Uh, They play their final regular season game of the season, 7-30 on Wednesday in Florence, South Carolina, against Francis Marion University, who is 13-12, 10-9. And uh, if I remember correctly, we'll have Shane on the show on Thursday. They have got to win that game Thursday or I'm sorry, Wednesday to uh, make it to the uh, Conference Carolinas tournament. But like I said, we'll have him on the show here, and we'll find out more about that. Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, 15-12, and 12, uh, 8-6 and six overall. They won their fifth straight game by winning at home versus Auburn Saturday, 67-65. to 65. Now, they have a pretty busy week. They're at LSU Wednesday at 7, and then home versus Florida Saturday at 6. And let's see if uh, Vanderbilt and Jerry Stackhouse can keep this winning streak going. Five straight wins for the Commodores. I prep sports real quick. Let's get this in while we have, uh, uh, as we get Paul Whittington up here on the line with us, uh, Parrot Academy coach Kelly Johnson. He saw his uh, uh, career, his uh, coaching career come to an end on uh, Saturday with a 72-38 to loss in the third round of the state playoffs against High Point Christian Academy. That game was Saturday. Uh, Patriots finished 17-9. and Overall, here in Kelly Johnson's last season as a head basketball coach, long, uh, I've said this plenty of times. When I got here in 2002, Kelly Johnson was already a veteran coach. Uh, He put in about 35, 36 years total. And just, uh, man, very, very proud of uh, what he did with this uh, Parrot Academy team. And uh, a future 
Kenston and Lenora County Sports Hall of Fame uh, coach for sure. And then uh, real quick, uh, as we've got Paul on the line with us right now, uh, tomorrow night the state playoffs begin in uh, high school basketball. North Pitt is at Kenston. That game is at 7 o'clock. And then uh, Green Central is at home. They take on Camden County. Uh, and the North and North boys are on the road there at East Blade and then over on the girls' side. All three of our county teams made it. North and North is at Whiteville. South and North is at East Carteret. Kenston is at St. Paul's. Uh, prep baseball also begins this week, too. Paul, North and North plays at Princeton uh, tomorrow. And then uh, we'll give, since we're already up against the clock here with Paul, we'll give you all that schedule uh, tomorrow morning. So be sure to tune in tomorrow morning. We will have you the week schedule of uh, playoff games, of prep baseball. It's just amazing. It's Freedom Classic Week. We had a great weekend of sports, too, didn't we, Paul Whittington? Oh, man, a long weekend of sports. It's finally over. I'm exhausted. I bet you are. You're probably glad to have me and your mom and Scott out of your house, right? Oh yeah. Yesterday it was it was like Independence Day when, when Scott finally <laughs> left. I could just take it. Never mind. That's not radio appropriate. But um, <laughs> it was no. It was. Um, we we love having y'all here, and it's it's always it's always bittersweet when everybody when everybody leaves. But if if I'm being honest, it was nice to have the house back to ourselves last night. Just you, your beautiful wife, and your puppy dogs. That's right. That's right. Nobody else. There you go. And I, I said it uh, when we, and again, I want to say it here on the air again, I told you uh, as we were leaving yesterday and I uh, said it on the air third or uh, Friday when we did the show live from uh, gold leaf lane and Garner, but uh, man, really do appreciate you uh, having us there and dude, still you got the bag. There's nobody, nobody has a man cave <laughs> like you, dude. It's uh, it's, it's a fun place. I'm actually standing up here right now. That's typically where I, where I talk to you from on Monday mornings. Well, tell you what, let's not beat around the bush. We have got a lot to talk about. And uh, you know what? I think I want to start with the stadium series, if that's all right, dude. Uh, sure. Just an amazing spectacle. It was uh, lots of pomp and circumstance, uh, lots of Wolfpack, uh, a Wolfpack red all over the place. <laughs> I'm setting you up there for that one. But, uh, man, let's talk about the good stuff first. And there was a ton yeah. of good stuff, man. I mean, first off the game, a four to one win for Carolina, man, the, the hurricanes, they are just on fire right now, man. I mean, this is a team that, uh, I'll let you go to all the particulars winning streak and points and all that. But I tell you what, man, they just look, they're, they're a damn good looking hockey team at this point in their history, aren't they? They are uh, really, really sexy. I guess as they say, uh, is kind of how they look right now. Uh, you know, they got they got a little bit of a winning streak going. They won their last three games. They're nine one and zero over their last ten. They they still sit atop the uh, the Metropolitan Division, but we're 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 still letting the the Devils and the Rangers hang around. The, the Devils only three points behind the Canes, and then it's another uh four points back to the new york rangers so uh only about seven points total separate the top three in in the metropolitan division and they've all well the canes do have a game in hand they've played 55 where new jersey and new york have, have both played 56 but nevertheless um the the canes are really good right now and and that was highlighted on saturday with the stadium series if you look at the score sheet it was a lot of names that you don't typically hear from when we tur- when we talk about the the Canes offense, uh, the, the scoring got started with Yasperi Kokaniemi, his tenth goal of the season. Paul Stastny was was on the score sheet as well. Then we got to some of those regulars like Martin Natchez and, and Tavo Teravainen, and, and the Teravainen goal was probably my favorite 
because Freddie Anderson, the goalie, who was the third star of the game, uh, saw 25 shots on goal throughout the course of the game, stopped 24 of them. He actually had the secondary assist on the table of Terrabine goal. So helping out his own cause there, uh, as, as goalies seldom get to do in an NHL game. So it was great to see him on the score sheet on one of the biggest stages that the Kings have played on. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay, you took care of the hockey side. Let's talk about uh, the spectacle that it was. And here's what is crazy. No one will ever believe unless they were out there. But uh, trying to get in the parking lot for, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. they, I tell you what, set all that up too because you and I talked about this. I really thought that they should have opened those gates. Yeah, the puck drop was at 8 o'clock, but they knew the, what, 55,000, 60,000 people that were coming to the game that uh, it was going to be a madhouse, and it was. I mean, and just take that over. Uh, it should. I think they should have opened the gates at 9 a.m., in my opinion. I really do. I mean, and yeah, that would have been an extra five hours of drinking and eating for uh, Hurricanes fans, but to open it up at 2 o'clock and to have thousands of cars already waiting to get inside, mm-hmm. dude, just take it over from there, Paul. Yeah, so it was, you know, we've, the, the NHL, first of all, let's let's get this out of the way. The the Carolina Hurricanes, the NC State Wolfpack, um, Hurricanes for the arena, Wolfpack for Carter Finley. They don't run any of the operations. They they don't yeah. they don't handle parking. They don't handle anything like that. They don't handle picketing. Nothing. The NHL is the, is solely in charge of the operations for this game. They they do all of that, right? So now that we've gotten that out of the way. They decided to open the gates at two or the parking lots at, at two o'clock. That was uh, basically a compromise between the NHL and uh, Carter Finley Stadium or, or NC State. Now, I won't, it's, it's hearsay at this point, so unconfirmed sources here, so I, I won't go into the details, but basically two o'clock was a compromise. One, one side wanted earlier, one side wanted later. They settled out at two o'clock. Um, but you're right. It, it really should have been opened a lot sooner because getting into, into the game was, was a bit of a nightmare. I know people out there that, you know, waited on Wade Avenue for, or waited on Edwards Mill Road for about two hours and moved about a half a mile before they, before they finally got in. Um, you know, we, me, you and Scott loaded up the truck and, and left my house about 1130, met up with some folks around 1145 and, and made the trek to the stadium area, got in line just after 12 o'clock, and we waited until about 2. Now, we were fortunate enough to where we were there early enough to where once they finally opened the gates, and they ended up letting cars in starting at about quarter to 2, we were parked and set up by about 2.30. So we had it pretty good, but there were a lot of people out there that that certainly didn't. But when we got to our staging area, there was – there was probably a hundred cars already in line right there at the Bojangles, right around the corner from PNC Arena, just waiting to get in. They were actually tailgating prior to tailgating. <laughs> we we saw that. We saw a bunch of people sit outside their cars, already having a few adult beverages, maybe uh, digging into the Bojangles picnic box that they already had because the Bojangles was right there. Um, they were just getting getting ready to go in. Um, I understand not wanting people to drink for 12 hours prior to <laughs> prior to a hockey game when you whoa, want to sell them more beer once they get inside. Why? Because <laughs> that's just a recipe for disaster. But um, <laughs> it's, the thing that bothers me, though, is the NHL 
along with the Hurricanes and, and everybody involved with promoting this game, la- this time last week, was, was screaming at everybody, hey, guys, make sure you get there early. Get there early. Be there around 2 o'clock because it's going to make the experience better for you. And there's people out there complaining this morning. I've seen it all over Facebook and Twitter. They didn't leave their house until 5 o'clock, and they couldn't understand why traffic oh, was so bad. At that point, yeah, those are idiots. Yes, Paul, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know you're in the middle of it, and I'm interrupting you, but those people are idiots, okay? If you left your house at 5 o'clock, mm-hmm. Okay, and even here's what was crazy to me. How about we told you about that lady that parked in front of us? You know, me and your mom mm-hmm. were, you know, warming our hands up in the car before we walked in. This is like at uh, what what time did we walk into the arena or the stadium, dude? What about six forty five, probably? That's yeah, and right. I had to have been at six thirty. Yeah, they pulled up at six thirty with their grill in the back of their car with food, and they they're going to tailgate at six thirty, an hour and a half before the game starts. <laughs> Come on, man. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but just what kind of, even, and I'm one of the dumbest people, you know, but I would know better than to think, oh, I'm going to go out and grill some before, you know, an hour and a half before the game starts and pull into the lot. <laughs> go ahead, dude. I'm sorry. Uh, wild, right? It's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. But, um, yeah, it's just, I, I have no sympathy for those people that, that didn't leave their house until that late. And then and then got there. Maybe they thought they'd fight less traffic, but they were, they were upset with the traffic concern. And then I've seen people upset with, you know, there's that, I, I don't know if it's the main entrance. We'll call it the main entrance right there across from PNC into Carter Finley. You enter under the scoreboard and people complained about just the amount of people lining up right there. That seemed to be where most people lined up at. I think people forget that there's 11 gates that can get you into Carter Finley stadium if you don't like the line at one, just make a short walk to the other one. It might be a little bit shorter. But nevertheless, uh, it was a, it was a great show. Uh, the Canes hosted 57,961 people <laughs> at at Carter-Finley Stadium on, on Saturday night. And comparatively, uh, the Winter Classic earlier this year at Fenway Park hosted just under 40,000 people. The Heritage Classic uh, last March uh, up in Hamilton, Ontario, at Tim Hortons Field, hosted just over twenty-six thousand people. Uh, you go back to the stadium series at uh, the Air Force Academy up there in uh, Colorado, forty-three thousand five hundred people. Uh, we we packed a lot of people, a lot of people into 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 Carter Finley Stadium on Saturday. And if you're curious to do the math, that's right at fifty-seven thousand people. The average ticket price for this was just over three hundred dollars, uh, about three hundred nineteen dollars. You multiply that by the fifty-seven thousand, you get eighteen point one million dollars just at the gate, which is God. just crazy to think about. Well, I'm telling you, uh, and we're going to continue that voice you're listening to is Paul Whittington. He's a regular Monday guest here on the Brian Hanks Show. We're talking about the Stadium Series that took place. On Saturday at uh, at Carter Finley Stadium at uh, NC State, just uh, I don't know, dude. Universally, I've never seen so many people happy. And yes, we're going to get to a couple of the negative things here in a moment, but for the most part, dude, to me, it was ninety eight percent positive. I'm not joking. I yep. mean, even the Washington fans, and it, dude, there were an inordinate number of Washington fans at, at the game too. I and I know they gave, you know, not gave, they sold, t- they openly sold tickets to Washington fans. 
it's supposed to be a Carolina Hurricanes event, but it is what it is. But I would have to say, and you help me out here, I was thinking probably 10, 15% of the crowd was probably Washington, or was it more? Am I right about the right amount, Paul? Uh, Yeah, it, I mean, obviously definitely more Canes fans. I, oh, oh, a lot I more, would yes, say, yes. Yeah, I, I would put the number between 15 and 20% for, okay. for Caps fans. It is, yes, you want this to be an all-Canes event. This is technically a – a neutral game, so to speak, because there's, you know, there's branding for both teams throughout, throughout the whole stadium. Now you do have, um, your, your goal song that gets played when you score a goal and you, and you have your, your hometown PA announcer that's, that's doing all the work and, and things like that. But, um, they do open up ticket sales to both fan bases. There's an allotment of tickets to go out to, to both teams. Uh, but, the but the Canes, the Caniacs definitely showed out on Saturday, but uh, to your point, there were there were a good amount of Washington Capitals fans there, and, and surprisingly enough, uh, they all weren't super annoying. Yeah, there were some annoying ones, but for the most part, there were some. Right. I, I said they weren't all. <laughs> I got to give credit to, oh, listen, we want to thank Ken Watlington too from uh, WNCT channel nine. If uh, you watch the sports broadcast or uh, their news broadcast uh, Saturday night, uh, then you got to see uh, Paul Whittington, Scott Whittington, and he's made an appearance here on the show before too. And dude, he is quickly becoming uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Matthew Brewster, not Matt Brewster, like everybody knows, but Matthew <laughs> Brewster. Uh, that was a lot of fun for you, wasn't it? It was. It was. Uh, it's not the first time that uh, our friends over there at Channel 9 have covered one of our tailgates, uh, which is always headline news whenever we, whenever we tailgate. But um, they, they go back to the, the playoff appearance when, when the Kings got back to the playoffs. I forget what year that was. But um, we, we had a tailgate out there. You were there. Yep. And uh, Ken Watlington and, and Brian Bailey stopped by and and gave us some TV love, and uh, we appreciate him doing that again on Saturday. Well, I did my best to try to uh, to video bomb, but uh, he he did some great <laughs> editing and uh, knocked all that out. Uh, one of the, we got to tell this this part when you had your boy Brewster, who's from England and is just a great mm-hmm. guy, man. I mean, mate, right, mate. But yeah, uh, that's right. he calls like how I call everybody dude, he calls everybody mate. <laughs> I just absolutely love it. But uh, he uh, or uh, me and his lovely wife, Lauren, uh, tried to, we did a video bomb while they were talking to him of uh, like hugging behind him like we hadn't seen each other in years and years. But unfortunately, that didn't make the cut. No, it didn't. And, and, and that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I, fair. I can understand why they edited that out. Yeah, but, and, and I tried. I walked behind you and Scott, you know, sipping on a beverage. Uh, I thought that would be a nice little uh, video bomb, but uh, I didn't make it either. But you know what? It's all right. Ken Wallington, he's a heck of a professional. Okay, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. I wanted, Oh, dude, positives, man. That parking lot, and especially you, man. Dude, just all the – tell everybody the menu of stuff that you had for the people in our, uh, in our uh, tailgate, dude. Yeah, well, we uh, we we had chicken wings, a, a plethora of chicken wings, which were were all eaten. We had brats, which were which were all eaten. Uh, there were hot dogs, but I left them at home, and I don't even know how I did that because I like packed them in a cooler, and I was like, "Oh, this cooler is not going to work." So I put them back in the fridge to repack a different cooler, and then I just forgot to take them back out. Uh, but then we also had um, burgers, and and I had uh, grilled up some bacon before we left the house, Good so there Lord. was uh, some bacon to go on the burgers, and then uh, 
There was uh, sausage rolls, which is a uh, English snack that is always requested by by our English friends whenever we tailgate together. Well, dude, you absolutely killed it. I feel like this whole thing, all I've been doing is bragging on you, but hell, you deserve it, dude. <laughs> I mean, you're you're like the tailgate master, dude. And I mean, the food is delicious. I I had I got to tell you, dude. I don't know if you noticed or not, which I'm sure you probably did, but I had a little bit of everything, man. I mean, it was awesome. yeah. I had you know five or six of your wings, and I think I ate two of your mom's. So. I probably had seven or eight of the wings. Uh, <laughs> dude, the uh, brats were just amazing. The hamburger, which with the cheese that you had on it and everything, man, they were cooked perfectly, dude. You just, the the sausage rolls, man. I mean, just everything. You just freaking killed it, dude. Well, I appreciate it. I, I enjoy doing that sort of stuff. Well, I hope everybody's getting hungry as we're talking right now. But anyway, <laughs> okay, I think we've got all the positive stuff out of the way. Uh, there just were. Like I said, it was a 98% well, well, positive. Let's, Go ahead. Let, let, let's, let's get this positive out of the way, this comment coming from, from Gary Batman, the commissioner of the National Hockey League. Would you have ever believed 50, 57,000 people would be in an outdoor game, uh, an outdoor hockey game in Carolina ever? This is different. This is bigger. That was from uh, Gary Batman, commissioner of the, the NHL. Well, it was just an amazing, amazing night. Here's the, honestly, the only negative thing I have. And, oh, boy, Greg Clemens, Tammy Kelly, you better get ready because I'm getting ready to take a shot at your scoreboard. The big scoreboard <laughs> in the end zone yeah. was embarrassing. I mean, it was mm -hmm. – it didn't, I mean, obviously, listen, it did not hurt the experience. I mean, the, everything that the NHL did, like you said, with all the signage, with uh, everything that was going on. Oh, by the way, I got to get this out there real quick. Uh, Paul uh, said, or I'm sorry, uh, Danny Rice said, Paul paid attention to his mentor for ultimate tailgating. <laughs> Is that correct? That's right. That's right. There's, uh, they offer classes on it at ECU, <laughs> and then they offer internships in the parking lot of uh, of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And you learn from the great Danny Rice, right? That's right. That's there, right. There you go. And uh, hey, <laughs> listen, hey, uh, we've talked plenty of times about it. And I've, uh, I'm getting my season tickets for ECU again this year, so I can tailgate with Danny two or three games this year. Because, man, I tell you what, with Danny Rice or Paul Whittington do it, you know it's done right. But anyway, I want to get back to that. Dude, again, hear what I'm saying, Paul, and listeners hear what I'm saying. It was a, an incredible experience, the whole thing. I mean, uh, I mean, dude, the the pyrotechnics, the, uh, the flyover. Man, we had a flyover at night. How cool was that, dude? And just the hockey itself. I mean, it was just an amazing, amazing night. The only negative to me, and I'm going to try to get yours here in a moment, Paul. Well, obviously, trying to get in. I mean, that was, but that was on the NHL. But even that, heck, you let Scott and I out of the car, and we, uh, we walked all the way to the, uh, the tail, the, uh, NHL's tailgate and had a blast for that. Got to get pictures with the, uh, Stanley Cup. That was amazing. The only negative to me, Paul, was the scoreboard. And if I'm an NC State yeah. fan and you're bringing a, a Hurricanes fan in there or just a hockey fan in there for the very first time, and you got to see that crappy scoreboard with all the panels that were shot. I mean, dude, how many panels? There had to be 20, 25 panels on that uh, scoreboard. You know what I'm talking The little squares yeah. that were dead or flickering or whatever in – if I was a, if I'm an NC State fan, I am embarrassed, especially the money that goes into that program. Uh, donors, big time donors like Greg Clemens and Tammy Kelly and all our friends that are a part of that, 
that was embarrassing, man. The scoreboard was abysmal. Dude, the, and I'm not saying this ironically. I'm saying it seriously. The scoreboard at Granger Stadium, the video board at Granger Stadium right here in Kinston was uh, absolutely better than the scoreboard that NC State has. And again, dude, on the grand scale of things, that's like number 19 or 20, but it was embarrassing to me, and I thought it looked terrible. What did you think? Yeah, I didn't think it looked great. Uh, there were there are these little video boards in the corners of the end zone that look like uh, look like high definition televisions, like 4K HD TVs, and then you have that one big board that looked like one of those old school box televisions. Yeah, <laughs> they oh, got that's a good they just got color it. for they just got color for the first time. But I do understand that um, the, the that is supposed to be replaced before the start of football season. It just you have an event like that where you're showcasing not only your stadium and your campus, but the, the just the region in general. Yeah, you want that to be a little bit better, but um, I, I do understand it's going to be it's going to be replaced. My only negative, Brian, was that the Capitals scored a goal. That was my only negative. <laughs> there you go. Even the parking. I mean, once you yep. got in there. I mean, one of the things you bragged about that you were happy about, what in your caravan, you had, what, six or seven vehicles, and they let us all park together. So we not only had your beautiful Toyota Tundra right there. Uh, yeah, I just gave Toyota a free ad there. But we not only had your beautiful Toyota there, we had six or five or six other vehicles all stacked together with our 25 yeah. or 30 people all together who were there. Yeah, we, we had, uh, I think it was, I think the car count was eight. Um, and they all got in together because of, because of my genius. I want to point that out. Um, if anybody else had been leading the pack, uh, we would not have gotten in together the way that we did because we were sitting there at, uh, at Trinity and Edwards Mill right there in front of the backyard bistro waiting to turn right onto Edwards Mill to go into the stadium uh, through, through that gate. And I, um, I got to the intersection leading this group, and I stopped because I was waiting for – our light to go green so we could all go and and the buddy and the guy behind me and the brewster behind him were all sitting there going what's he doing go 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 and they're blowing their horns at me and then i just i just told him to wait just gave him gave him the hand like settle down back there and then as soon as it turned green all eight cars were able to go at the same time nice. without anybody getting in between us and then we were all able uh to get in there and park together which was great but uh yeah i couldn't couldn't have asked for 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 a better scenario there uh, it was great that we were all able to line up together and then and then ride into the into the stadium together after in between almost getting separated because of the nonsense happening on trinity road but but it worked out great it did uh last thing goes dude we gotta get it we got some gotta get some daytona talking here but yeah. uh, mr clemens has been messaging me and he said your visit saturday night helped pay for a new scoreboard ha 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 lol and he's right that's wrong he said that you're you welcome know, they are yep they're going to be uh, having a new <laughs> scoreboard up, but here's the part, and this is a, we've got to switch over to NASCAR and Daytona 500. But uh, here's what I thought was hilarious, dude. I get up Sunday morning, and you know, and I'm just laying there in bed, trolling or trolling, uh, strolling through or scrolling. Good lord, Brian, scrolling through Twitter, and then I find the first one: Carolina fans whining about, uh, hey. The NHL and the Carolina Hurricanes have done such a good job of unifying all these fan bases in the triangle for 25 years to blow it in one night when they suck up to NC State for one night. Dude, I saw somebody on Twitter say that he was calling the Carolina Hurricanes Monday morning to cancel his season tickets because of all the NC State stuff. 
Come on, Paul Whittington. Was that one of the most – I guess they were whining that they let State play the fight song three or four times. And that uh, – I mean, there was the NC State signage. I mean, there was NC State uh, – you know, they used the NC State band, NC State cheerleaders and all that. Mm-hmm. But they were all so upset because the NHL and the Carolina Hurricanes were accentuating the Wolfpack without saying anything about Carolina that they're canceling their season tickets. Is that one of the most ridiculous things you've ever seen, Paul Whittington? Oh yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. The the stadium series is a showcase of not only hockey but the venue that it's being played in, and it is supposed to replicate a college football game day experience. And for where we played it, that that belongs to NC State. Um, we you know what we we could have played it at um, at Keenan Stadium. Uh, the the traffic situation there would have been absolutely horrendous yeah. trying to get into where that stadium is with all the parking garages. So, you know what? If you want to showcase Carolina, we can do that. But just know that you're going to have to get there like three days early uh, to, to be able to park because the parking around that stadium is absolutely atrocious. But we can do that if we want to if we want to hear the Carolina fight song and have their band on, on the field. But, you know, if, if they want to if they want to cancel their season tickets because of something that the Carolina Hurricanes have absolutely no control over, fine. Go go be the petty little person that you are. That's why people <laughs> have such a hard time dealing with, with Carolina fans. And I've said it a hundred times on this show, on Mark Panicelli's show, anybody listening. Dude, I really don't have a problem with Carolina itself. I really honestly don't. It's the Carolina fans that make it so bad, dude. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I loved Roy Williams. I really, I mean, I sincerely think the world of Roy Williams. Obviously, I love Reggie and uh, Don Trez and a lot of the players that have come through Carolina because they've played in the Holiday Invitational. I got to know them there. It's the freaking Carolina fans, and this is a microcosm to me of why Carolina fans just suck is because of reaction to this. And Clint, Mr. Clemens just said it. In our house, play our music, baby. He is absolutely right. Hey, hey uh, even Jason Bryant just messaged in and said, let's find out where that guy's season tickets are, and, uh, and Hanks and I will buy them. He's right. We will absolutely do that jason just it's and he's a duke fan and he's not it's just come on man just ridiculous carolina fans y'all just kill me man you just freaking kill me dude we've got like linda's walking in right now bringing me some water and she even laughed uh dude uh daytona we watched uh what the well i watched the second uh stage at your place i got man by the way dude I got a world-class nap, too, yesterday at your house. Didn't I lay down about 1 o'clock and slept till like, 5 o'clock or 5.30 or maybe even longer than that? Dude, I had, like, a – it's one of those naps, dude, where I woke up and I was like, where the hell am I? I didn't even know where I was, man. It was such a great nap. But I wake up, we watch the second I, stage. Hold, Go ahead. I, I, I spend 89 days counting down the Daytona 500 on this show, and you want to open up the recap by talking about the nap that you had in the middle of the race? <laughs> dude. It was it was a great nap, man. I'm not even joking, man. Just with how busy doing the show from your place Friday, going to uh, uh, Fan Fest, a soggy Fan Fest, but it was still fun Friday. Then all the stuff that happened Saturday and got you know I had I had a great breakfast. At, what was it called? Ed's Big Boy or what was it called? Big, Big Ed. Big, Big Ed's. Ed. That's what it was. Uh, breakfast there yesterday, and then dude, just a glorious nap. But the NASCAR race, uh, the Daytona 500 to kick off the season yesterday, uh, a great race. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. comes up uh, with his first win in 199 races. 
wins the Daytona 500. Give us the Paul Woodington recap. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was a great event. The 65th running of the Great American Race, the Daytona 500, got underway just uh, just after three o'clock. Uh, Alex Bowman led him to the green flag. It was a uh, a very quick and easy stage one. There wasn't a single caution. Um, I forget who who actually ended up winning uh, the 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 stages, but. 52 lead changes among 21 different drivers, three hours, 38 minutes to, to time of completion. Um, it was Brad Keselowski who won stage one and Ross Chastain who won stage two. Unfo- the only downside to the race was that it actually ended up finishing under caution technically. Um, a, a bad day for, for Kyle Busch. He managed to race his way all the way from the back back to the front after having to uh, drop to the rear because they went to a backup car. And... He actually led lap 200, which was the crazy part about it. Um, but we, we had to go into NASCAR overtime. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. barely edges out Joey Logano. Joey Logano was actually the leader going into, into I believe it was turns one and two where that wreck happened. Um, but Ricky Stenhouse Jr. fought back to the inside. And at the moment of caution, and the moment of caution is when the person in race control presses the button that activates the caution lights around the speedway, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Had a, had a nose out in front of Joey Logano. He wins his first career Daytona 500 and his third uh, race NASCAR Cup Series win in his career, uh, the first since 2017 where he won at Talladega in May of 2017 and then won the Coke Zero Sugar 400 uh, at Daytona a few months later in July. So congratulations to him. They, they executed, did exactly what they needed to do and were in position when it mattered most uh, to be in the lead when ultimately the caution and checkered flag came out. Uh, congratulations to him, and congratulations to Carolina alum uh, Brad Doughty, one of the owners at JTD, JTG Doughty Racing. Uh, um, a big a big win for him and, and, and for that team. I'm going to rear that voice list through Paul Whittington, our uh, regular Monday guest. We've already talked stadium series and NHL and Carolina Hurricanes. We're wrapping up the first hour here talking about the Daytona 500. I'm going to rearrange my question a little bit that I, I sent you yesterday, <laughs> Paul. But what do you think was bigger to Ricky Stenhouse, winning the Daytona 500 or dating uh, Danica pa- Patrick? Winning the Daytona 500 by a long shot. <laughs> I don't know though, man. Danica Patrick, uh, she's uh, she's she's kind of person. She's kind of giggity, dude. Uh, maybe, but he didn't win that race. Uh, <laughs> she is she is long gone from his life and from NASCAR. Uh, he will always be a Daytona 500 champion. But he will have always dated uh, and had uh, in, in anyway. You're right. It probably is Daytona, but I, are you glad that I didn't ask the question the way I sent it to you in the uh, text? Yes, I would not have answered that question. <laughs> Very good. Well, then I would still say the latter for the question that I sent you, but that's that's for another day, okay? <laughs> that's when we go serious XM here. Uh, hey, who did you pick? Because I hate this. I didn't write it down uh, Friday morning. Who did you pick to win the race? I picked Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch, and he finished... 19th uh who did uh who did a uh, scott pick do you remember he picked bubba wallace and bubba finished where i am looking yes this is fun i'm doing this on the air here i think he may have won a uh, beat us all uh, he finished 20th 
He finished 20th. All right. So how about that? Then I finished first then amongst us three. Hamlin was 17th. Bush was 19th. Bubba was 20th. I'll get all their points and everything. And uh, we're going to keep this all season long. Maybe we'll use today as kind of a practice. I know I wanted to get Richard in it because he's a big NASCAR fan mm-hmm. too. And Panicelli, but Panicelli was sick last week. We weren't able to get his picks either. But, uh, okay, so uh, Stenhouse wins. But, man, just so much shuffling there at the end. It could have really been anybody. Joey Logano finishes second coming off his championship win, or, you know, his championship last year, second in his career. Man, he, I mean, obviously uh, he's got to be very happy, and Penske's got to be very happy with what he did. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think he just needed he needed to be, he needed that, that caution button to be hit about a second sooner. Uh, than than what it than what it was ultimately pressed at, and he probably would have been the Daytona 500 winner and won his second uh, Daytona 500. Um, he he had a great race. He had he had a great speed week. Um, those those Pinsky those Pinsky Fords were bad fast all week long. You know, going back to qualifying, going back to to the duels. Um, Joey won his duel and was able to start inside the inside the top five. I think he started third. Um, they just an, an all around great weekend for that team that, you know, I said this last week and I, and I'll say it again, nobody does the, the Daytona 500 and ultimately the, um, speedway races like Ford, uh, they're, they're the best when it comes to sticking together. You know, there's far more Chevrolets out there than there are Fords and or far more Chevrolets than Toyotas, but there's far, there's far more Chevrolets than there is Fords. But Fords just do an excellent job of sticking together, pushing each other, and putting their cars in position to win. And they they did exactly that yesterday. And uh, you know, un- unfortunately, it was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. who was a nose out in front of of Joey Logano. But um, it is what it is. Finishing second sucks, as Joey said after the race. But um, it it is what it is. Nothing you can do about it. And uh, I, I know that that team is definitely disappointed because. I, I, I think they were the better, better car between them and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. But I, I don't think anybody's got to be more disappointed than Kyle Busch, who led lap 200, still searching for his first Daytona 500 win, and Brad Keselowski, who really had the car to beat, who's still searching for his first Daytona 500. Well, I can tell you who is happy, and it's NASCAR because when you look at one, two, and yeah. three, Stenhouse and a Chevy at one, Logano and a Ford at two, and then Christopher Bell. Who uh, I gotta tell you, man. I know he drives a Toyota, and I don't. You know, I'm not anti Toyota. I'm I'm Toyota neutral. You know, I hate Chevy. Mm-hmm. That is what it is. But I'm Toyota neutral, dude. I'm beginning to really like. He's a very humble, very good guy. I think I like Christopher Bell, dude. Yeah, he's um he, he's a good racer, no doubt about it. I I would compare him to Kyle Larson, uh, a guy uh, that can just get behind get about behind the wheel. Ability, yeah. I, I I'll compare yeah uh, driving ability straight up. I, you know they said during the race broadcast yesterday that uh, when when Kyle Larson was talking about Christopher Bell, he said he's better than me. Wow. Um, you know the Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, these are two guys that can get behind the wheel of anything and win. And and Christopher Bell has proven that he can he can do that. You know he kind of kind of willed himself to the championship for last year. Uh, one thing that that I think you have to call out, uh, Travis Pastrana had a great run. He finished 11th in his NASCAR Cup Series debut. Was was wrecked there. Got caught up in that mess at the end. Was able to cross the, the start and finish line. Finished on the lead lap, uh, just one spot out of the top 10. Congratulations to him. And then Jimmy Johnson, uh, who's 
finishes not at all what he deserved. Came home uh, 31st position, but ran near the front all day long. Actually collected some stage points. Uh, was sixth in stage number one. Um, ran near the front all day long once he got up there. Looked very competitive. Was was very fast and actually I, I thought had a car that, that could have won. I was pulling for him there at the end, just unfortunately got caught up in one of the wrecks that um, took took out a bunch of cars at the at the end of the race. But uh, nevertheless, a, a great run from, from Jimmy Johnson and uh, an impressive run from Travis Pastrana. Absolutely. Uh, dude, we are 30 seconds. Can we have you a minute or two into the second hour or are you, are you tight? I, I can give you a, a minute, maybe two. Very good. Let's uh, real quick. Uh, the race is at uh, the Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California. Mm-hmm. This week is that a road race? No, no, it is on the uh, the two mile oval out there okay. in Fontana. Uh, Very in good. Montana. Well, the Pala Casino four hundred. Who you got? Let me go ahead and get your official pick for that. Or do you want to wait till Friday and give that to let, me? Yeah, let, let's wait because we don't even have an entry list for. Okay. For, for that race yet. Well, just give um, us, this give will us be a quick 45-second uh, preview of that. Yeah, this is uh, this is a two-mile track out there in Fontana, California. They call it the Auto Club Speedway. Uh, our final race on the two-mile configuration out there uh, before, they, before they bulldoze that place and turn it into a half-mile high-bank paperclip, very similar to what we get out at Martinsville. Uh, that – I had it up here. The, uh, the defending race winner, Kyle Larson – Alex Bowman won back in 2020. Kyle Busch won in 2019. Martin Truex Jr. in 2018. So four different drivers have been to Victory Lane the last four times that we've visited uh, the Auto Club Speedway. Always a great race on the two-mile format out there, uh, but look forward to seeing it become a short track. Uh, Hopefully we get to race out there again in 2025. Very, very good. Listen, uh, Paul Whittington, our NASCAR, our uh, Carolina Hurricanes, our PBR guy, Thank you so much for joining us here in the first hour of uh, today's show. And uh, maybe we'll grab you for five minutes or so on uh, Friday and uh, get your pick. What do you think? Sounds good. I'll be here. I love it. Listen, thank you so much. Do it again. Thank you for the hospitality uh, this weekend. And uh, for uh, I feel like I'm about 10 pounds heavier than I was uh, when I left to go up there Friday. <laughs> and it's all due to you and your great cooking, okay? Yeah, man, absolutely. Always, always a pleasure. There you go. Thank you so much. That's Paul Whittington joining us here on uh, the Brian Hanks show coming up here in our second hour. I am joined here by two lovely ladies. Hello. Hello. Catherine Pearson, who's looking all polka dotty this morning. Uh, maybe if I turned y'all's mics on, that would help. How about that? You're looking all polka dotty. Yeah. Pull your mic up. There just a little bit closer to your, yeah. You? And your, your cords right there in your way. There you go. Yeah, pull it over your mic. Uh, There you go. Hey, coming up, Catherine Pierce and Jessica Cruz on the second hour of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.